welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What's up, webheads, along with... Ryan Griffin, AJ Riley, Paul Roshan, I'm Matt Basson. Welcome to Sports Carnage. It is Thursday, July 2nd, uh, and this will be out tomorrow for y'all on Friday. But as of right now, yesterday was a national holiday here in the United States. It was the famed since 2011, I believe, Bobby Bonilla Day. Ah, yes. And AJ... I look forward to this day every year because I get to remind everyone every year of what the hell this is all about and how smart Bobby Bonilla's agent was who stuck it to his player and said, it's not how much you make, it's how much you save. It's a hell of an Acorns account. Obviously, this is a great deal for the player. Um, it's, you know, you applauded his his agent. Uh the Mets at that time, I think, were doing everything they could. I mean, if you remember back those early 2000s, wasn't that around the year that we had the Subway World Series? Yeah, 99-2000. So Mets, if you Mets think about it from that perspective, like, okay, one, was it a smart financial move to ha- keep the best talent on their roster, not going over a luxury tax? Um I mean, in reality, what's one point whatever million dollars against their payroll every year right now? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it looks foolish in hindsight because they are paying five times more than what it would have cost to buy them out. But, <laughs> I mean, they also, if you stretch it over that amount of years, it's really like drops in the bucket. So, I, I, I get it. it. On the surface, it looks really goofy, but I think they are trying to assemble the best team that they could possibly in those early 2000s and keeping as much money off the books until later as possible. Um, Look, this man, this man had a good career, played 15, 16 years for a whole bunch of teams, White Sox, Pirates, Mets, Orioles, Marlins, Dodgers, Braves, Cardinals, won a World Series in 97 with the Marlins, went to the All-Star game six times, the three-time Silver Slugger, and he has fleeced Major League Baseball because this is not his only contract that is still being paid out to this day. He has a second contract that he negotiated with the Mets and the Orioles to pay him half a million a year for 25 years, and those payments began in 04. <laughs> Who's his this agent, man is man? fleecing Major League Baseball. Who's his agent? I, I don't know. I wish I had him. Yeah, I mean, that guy's a genius. Or he's a really good salesman, one of the two. I, I just don't understand the longevity. Like, if you said 10 years, like, it's like, okay, right, that makes sense. It's fair. I don't know. Where does 25 years come from? A quarter of a century? Like, are they are they just hoping this man dies? Like, I wonder, do, well, they, do they have to pay his estate if he dies? I don't know. I was going to say, do they have to keep paying if he dies? Although I, I feel if like there's... if that was the case, he would have had a hit out on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's probably like the, the GM or whoever, like, I'm not going to be here in 25 years. Not my problem. <laughs> well, yeah, but I also you have to look imagine at it. Like, I only got to pay you for three. You have to imagine ownership has to sign off on a deal like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would assume so. But I, I still think <laughs> Who's this that... guy on our payroll that hasn't played in 20 years? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Bobby Bonilla. 
but I better mean, contract than uh. Oh my goodness! I've blacked it from my memory. It hurts so Cam, much. Cam, Cam, uh, just got now, the Patriots. Now, now, it's, now it's a bad, now it's a bad joke because because <laughs> you didn't. Uh, have Josh it. Smith. No, <laughs> the Pistons are done paying him though. Finally. So oh, yeah. much. So much. As money. of like what a month and a half ago or something. Yeah, I think so. So much money for so long. I hate guarantee contracts in sports. They're the dumbest thing in the world. They make no sense. I'm trying to find like details on it, but I, I, I just like I look at it as like, what's that one million dollars on their payroll right now? Like, is that really making that much of a difference and affecting them? Probably no, not. not at all. I mean, and so, There's a minor leaguer out there that's pissed yeah, as all but I mean, hell every if they, year. <laughs> if they want to just give charity away, like I'll take a thousand dollars a year for twenty five years. Come on, man. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, make a couple All Star games. <laughs> Win a silver slugger or two. AJ, what was your agent doing? Sleeping on the job. Yeah, we never got all those gold gloves and no twenty year deals. Like I don't understand. So here's some, here's something <laughs> interesting according to CNBC sports the team paid the 57 year old 1.1 million dollars 1.19 million dollars on wednesday right um and <laughs> yet bonia is among the highest paid position players on the mets payroll this year right, because there of this go. year let's <laughs> go because of the lot because of everything that's happened yeah. oh yeah I get, yeah okay stupid that's oh yeah that his stuff doesn't get prorated that is amazing <laughs> no his does not get every, prorated. every july getting... 1st he gets cut a check for 1.19 don't matter if there's a season played or not. Or not. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, a brilliant move by Bobby Bonilla's agent. He's not the only one, though. I found a few others out here. In, and these are all baseball-related. But, I mean, you know, AJ, you brought up before when we were talking Max Scherzer's deal, $105 million total from the yeah. Nationals through 2028. Yeah. He'll be getting that money. Manny Ramirez is getting $24.2 million total from the Red Sox. That's through 2026. There we um, go, Manny. Brett Saberhagen is receiving a quarter of a million dollars a year from the Mets for 25 years. Payments also began in 2004. And Bruce Sutter, he originated this thing, man. He signed a deal with the Braves before the 85 season with deferred money. He was to be paid $750,000 per year with the Braves. Then for 30 years after he retired, he'd receive at least $1.12 million. Every year for the Jesus. next 30 years, they are paying him. This is the final year through 2020. This is the last year the Braves will have to pay Bruce Sutter. <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out, like, when did he sign this contract, Matt? Was it in the Who? early 90s, Bonilla? Bonilla? Well, because he had a couple stints with the Mets. I know, I know. But he hasn't played for him since 1999. He played on a couple right. other teams before then. But then I read something that he signed like one of the highest, became the highest paid player in the National League at the time when he signed with the Mets. Five-year, $29 million contract in 1991. Is this still, that's got to be still payment for this. Six million he received in 92 is a record for a single season. I mean, I, Yeah. He signed this in the early nineties. I, the I deal think with the Mets. A, yeah. So this is before he went off to play for other teams like the Orioles and That's the Cardinals like. and the Braves. Wait, 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 wait! It was part of a deal made when the Mets released Bonilla before the two thousand season. 
when they still owed him $5.9 million for the final year of his contract. Oh, damn. The deal expires in 2035, at which point Bonilla will have been paid $29.8 million for a season in which he did Jesus. not even play for the Mets. You got 15 more years of this. Oh, yeah. With an, and it's, with an 8% interest over each of them. Yeah. So it is, you know, like I like I mentioned, uh, Pablo Escobar, they used to say that mice would eat like a billion dollars of his money because it was just chilling in the corner and he just had so much of it. I wonder if that's what the Mets are doing. Like AJ's, you know, is saying how how could it be, uh, how much of their payroll could it be really? Like obviously it's nothing if they blink and literally just like don't miss it at all. All right, so check this and out. Ma- and that's probably their mindset when they made the deal. Like, oh, well, we're... Oh, these stupid-ass sirens. Are you kidding who, me? Who's getting pulled over? Which one of you three is out here driving while podcasting? It ain't me. No, bro, it looks like a, it looks like a fire truck rolling down the street. Uh, I don't drive. Somebody I don't drive podcast. I only drive and drink. Yeah, we know. All right, so Bonilla's agent but is Dennis snack. Gilbert. And Dennis Gilbert was an insurance agent at the time that oh, he that developed perfect into a, exactly. <laughs> so he was more uniquely prepared to understand annuity type payouts right. than other agents. And his clientele includes Bonilla, Barry Bonds, and Jose Canseco. So he's had some big name players under his under his watch. That was Dan Gilbert. No, oh. <laughs> Dennis Gilbert. That's and I don't think he's related. I was going to say, I think we knew where uh, LeBron's HGH hookup came from. Why are you like this? <laughs> Zion on the HGH, if you see that recent picture. Nah, he's on that cardio diet. Yeah, you're not kidding. Come in ready to take, right. take over the lead. Jen, Jenny Craig. Uh, the reason the Jenny Mets Craig got Williamson. into this situation is because of Bernie Madoff, AJ. They didn't Tremendous. have the money to pay him? Nope. You motherfuckers, bro. Bernie Madoff had swindled the Mets owners, the Wilpons, where Madoff was apparently re- returning 12 to 15% a year in what we now know were fictional returns. So deferring deals wasn't a problem because the payout would occur years later and the interest rate would be lower than the money they were fictionally getting back from Madoff. Oh my gosh. What? So they made this deal because they were investing with Madoff. Then they got taken. <laughs> and now they owe him. I don't, That's I don't why they couldn't buy out his contract in 2000. I, I don't understand how you don't have enough liquid assets to manage your baseball team. <laughs> that that can't happen. The amazing Mets man. Well, because all the MLB owners are broke like they told us. Right, which is why we couldn't have a season earlier. Uh. <laughs> that's crazy that's so good well, uh. okay so if you're Bonilla let me ask you this question alright these since 2011 so this has been going on for what nine years now we're almost on the tenth year right Yep. which means he's still going to get 15 more payments so let's say starting in 2011 you know you got this 1.9 Right, which means that he was, what, 46, 48 when this deal started. How do you budget this money if you're Bobby Bonilla? Do you just, like, say, oh, I got $1.1 million to spend for the year? Or, like, how, how would you use if you had a pay structure like this? Well, hang on, we got to take into account Gilbert's getting his 10%, right? Okay, so 
So 110,000 is going over to Gilbert. Which is a beautiful deal for him as well. Almost right. <laughs> so I mean, but Bonilla is still probably if like if he's good enough to okay a deal like this, you're probably still sitting on your money from your playing days. So I wonder if all of this is just going into like some stock. Portfolio. He made he made fifty two million throughout his career. If I, if Baseball Reference is correct, does that include this contract? Well, it does, but I mean, it includes their inability to buy him out. At five point nine million dollars in nineteen ninety nine. So if if I was Bobby Bonilla though, I would use like I'd just take a dumb vacation. I would oh, use yeah, every all year, that million dollars year. that I'm getting. Yeah, just every year I'm taking a hundred thousand dollar vacation because why not? But I don't know. Yeah, he's probably got that. He's probably got that uh, that check invested. Like I said, set up an Acorns account. If I say their name enough, maybe they'll sponsor us. So that's the thing, like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, if I had $52 million and I had to wait, okay, and I obviously know that he didn't have $52 million when he stopped in 2011 because he obviously spent money during his playing career. But let's say that he had $30 million, right? Makes that last till 2011 for 10 years, and then whatever's left over you could put in those stock portfolios or whatever and then live on $1.1 million for the year. I think that would be doable, don't you think? All right, so looking through each year of Bobby Bonilla's contract. So Bobby Bonilla hit it big in the mid-90s. He signed a big deal. He had a big deal with the Mets in the early 90s, getting over 6 mil per for 92, 93, 94. And then in 95, he signed a 5-plus mil deal with the Orioles. And then he got 5.6 from the Marlins in 97, 5.9 from the Dodgers in 98, and 5.9 from the Mets, 99. Then it all dropped off tremendously. He wasn't getting anything in 2000 or 2001. And right. then came 2011, where everything started rolling again. And the Orioles are paying him 500,000. The Mets are paying him 1.2. So his agent's so he's getting, getting paid $160,000 a year to do nothing. Just because of these two contracts that he signed. Yep. <laughs> I take that. My man's gonna retire off that if he wants to. That's uh, yeah, I hope I he mean, has like, retired. Do, do we know if he, if, like, if he has kids? Because he also had Conseco. So, like, you said. Up the... And who was the other do what? one? What? And Bonds. He also had Barry Bonds as a client. Yeah, that dude. Yep. He never had to work again in his life. Nope. I wonder if he's the same agent that got Conseco's book deal. I doubt it. Or is there like is there like the sports agent and then like the book agent? I doubt it because it doesn't he sell dude? out Barry Bonds in that book? Kind of a conflict of interest, isn't yeah, it? I'm not. I'm not responsible for the contents. This dude, Barry Bonds, 188 million over his career. So that's what 230 something, 40 something million for this agent so far. And he's about to get another 200000 when Bond signs a one-year $2 million deal with the Giants to right. finish off the season. Come back in a DH role. <laughs> a $30 million incentive for hitting one home run. <laughs> like, look, man, if you can just do it. Paul, let's ask you this question. There's rumors, there's rumors that Barry Bonds may re-sign with the Giants at 55 years old to be their DH because of the 2020 season. Given that information... If that were the case, it would obviously reset his Hall of Fame, like ten, like years of eligibility, all that kind of stuff. 
Do you what? think he would hit a home run this year? Why are you, why are you asking this? Do I think he would hit a home run? Because well, I said... First, I it would... depends if the balls are juiced. Because they've been juiced. We know they've been juiced. Are we playing with juiced balls? Which probably, yes, because in this short, weird season, they're going to want to draw even more attention to the game. And that matters. He's playing for the Giants, you said? Yeah. Yep. No, you Real get one pitcher to squad. groove bonds. I mean, Ooh. I feel like I, I'd have to see him swing. I don't know if his bat speed in his eyes, in his hands, like I don't know if that is can still sync up. Like I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen him swing a bat in a long time. Like if I, I had, if I had answer, I would say yes. He could run into one. Ryan said he'd hit five. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was like yeah. that seems a bit. Uh, anyway, we can move on. It's the home run king. I just wanted to hear just Paul's take. Just comes out the gate, first game, hits two home runs. Yeah, right. He's halfway there, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. I would love to see it. He, I I'll, really would. I'll hit, I'll hit Miguel Cabrera. See how that goes over. All right, let's 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 go. Yeah, I guess like 55 if, is not that much older than a lot of people in Major League Baseball. No, it's not. And... I mean, you know, we've seen crazy it's, things. It's, it's kind of a lot. Older I mean, it's 17 years older than somebody who's 38. Yeah, but there's like 45 year olds in baseball all day. But are aren't those all pitchers? Yeah. Not all of them. Most not of them. Julio Franco played till he was 47. Not all of them. Get out of here, Julio. Julio Franco played till he was 47. Listen, this is. I got an idea to make Major League Baseball amazing. Great again. We allow players over the age of 45 to take PEDs. <laughs> Damn right, and they can only play DH. No, no, they can play anything. You can Bring play Mark anything. McGuire back. You I can love pitch. This idea. It does not matter. Bring so 55-year-old Barry Bonds gets to come back with all the steroids that he can possibly handle. Bring Sosa back for the Cubs. I mean, so think about it, right? So you're not gaining a big advantage over your peers. You're just restoring the strength you've lost due to age. I mean, so hell, there should be a Barry, Barry's still strong. Yeah, but he's not as strong as Trout. And Rambo. You don't got to be as strong as Trout to hit five. You'll be as strong as... Honestly, more than the strength with him coming back, I, I think the hardest thing as you get older yeah. is Timing. your hands, your body, everything yeah. syncing up. It's, it's yeah, very that's difficult. that's what I'm... And it's not – it's it's a but lot easier. But that's why I like it young. for Bonds. Bonds had a very compact swing. He yeah, didn't have this had, giant overture had of a swing. 20 years ago. Well, you just do cocaine right before you go out to bed. <laughs> what? Can we go no, on to this Detroit Legends start I think that is only going to elongate his Conseco was doing swing. that for the Devil Rays anyway. All right. He's gonna be too hopped up. He's gonna have so much bad movement before the swing. He's gonna be who? who Daryl Strawberry was out here having sex. Was it game. Sheffield? <laughs> no, it was Maglio that used to swing the bat like God knows what before he swung. No, that was, like, no that was Sheffield. Oh, was it Sheffield? I see. I said no, Sheffield. I said Sheffield forth, first. Yeah. God dang it! He would like cock it down and down and down and down. All and over the place, right? A yeah. man, man, a dude on coke. He's like, he's gonna hit the catcher with the bat before he even swings. Like he just like. God dang. Oh, Shouldn't well, have been standing there. Here you go, guys. We brought him up today, but we might as well wish Jose Canseco a happy birthday today. He's 56 years old today. He can still play oh, baseball under my rules. He could. Glad happy he made it this age. Snitch. 
With that much coke in his body, I'm surprised he's still alive. Ichiro could have played to 70 with PEDs. <laughs> and he still wouldn't be the hit king. Stop. <laughs> Stop. You shut your mouth right now. Disrespect the goat. Has anybody read Kenseiko's book? No. No. Uh, I gave it a, a perusing uh, years ago. I actually have not. It's, you I know, love it was not sanctioned by the MLB when there's literally not, not a single <laughs> le- like logo number anything on the cover. He's standing there holding mm-hmm. a bat, and they had to replace the logo with his number and take the logos off of his shirt. Yeah, they they were never going to. No, sign never they, going to. Like, oh, you want to blow up everything? I heard a. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, right this way, Mister Consego. Yeah, I heard a. Uh, uh, ESPN 30 for 30 podcast with him. But anyway, let's move on. Sorry. I, I don't know where, like, I love sports. Like, my one of my number one loves in life. And then reading is right up there. But I do not read many sports books. Why? Articles, of course, but sports But I don't know why, honestly. Sports, like, sports books are a lot of fun The ones that I do so read much are read. usually uh, biographies, like Ty yeah. Cobbs. It was so yeah. good. Did you read Terrible um, Beauty yet? No, it's it's literally. Then the so, other so one you, is not so good. So you read so a good. fiction book. Yeah. <laughs> so you read a novel based on. Oh Ty wait, Cobb. hold on. No, no, hold on. I'm sorry. No, hold on. That might be the one I read. I'd have to look. No, you read the you read the fiction. You one. read the Al Stump one that has Ty Cobb on the cover of it, right? Oh my God, I gotta look. Hold on a second. I'll, All right. Well, I'll Matt can look. introduce while you're looking. Next segment. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> sorry, fellas. No, uh, no, who the hell are you this week? We'll get back to it next Aww, week, promise. Because I killed uh, it. Last we have week. extra rounds of <laughs> SBC start bench cut. Got four different rounds of it. I've already sent the first one on. Wait, to did you, guys. you say no? Who the hell are you? No, who the hell are you this week? It was a little. We busy figured we'd give you a, a break, Paul, since you weren't very good last week. SBC Detroit Legends Edition. No names. Just resumes for this one. So we're starting off with a sport we have not touched so far when it comes to SBC. Or who the hell are you, actually? We on the ice. And obviously we're talking about Red Wing Legends. So this first resume, this this man played just over 1,500 games. He had 692 goals. 1,063 assists for 1,755 points for his career with a plus-minus of plus 184. He's a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He's a 10-time All-Star. He's a one-time Selkie Award winner. That's for Best Defensive Forward. He's a one-time Smythe Award winner. That's for Playoff MVP. He's a one-time now Ted Lindsay once Pearson Award winner for Most Outstanding Player, which is voted by the Players' Union. And he's a one-time Masterson Award winner, which is for Perseverance, Sportsmanship, and Dedication. Your next man played 1,687 games, scored 786 goals, 1,023 assists for 1,809 points, had a plus-minus of plus-151. He's a four-time Cup champion, a 21-time All-Star, a six-time Hart Award winner, that's for MVP, and a six-time Ross Award winner, which is the point leader. And the last man of this group played 1,564 games, has just 264 goals, 878 assists for 1,142 points total, but a ridiculous plus-minus, a plus-450, 
He is a four-time champ, a 12-time All-Star, a seven-time Norris Award winner, which is for best defenseman. We're not giving away anything right now with these accolades, are we? And a one-time <laughs> Smythe winner. <laughs> just, just, just not how to pronounce his name. I don't know. Yeah, this is uh... a... <clears throat> Man. What do you value? All right, so... For this one, Paul, you will go first. Why Why don't we have the names, man? Then because AJ. it's Detroit, and we don't want name bias to... Well, we at least need... Oh, wait, no. We at least need... Never mind. Eras. No. Ryan, you going first for this one. Then Paul. Uh, okay. Then so the, AJ. The big thing that sticks out to me is the... Um, oh, sorry. We're doing bench first. I'm going to bench the, the first one you mentioned... The Ted Pearson. Oh no, we doing cut. We doing cut first. Oh, cut first. Yeah. Um, so uh, I misspoke. This is the gentleman I'm cutting. Whoever had 15, 14 goal or games played, three-time champ, ten-time All-Star, one-time Selkie, one-time Smythe, uh, one-time Pearson, Ted Lindsay, and one-time Masterson because he was just the the best sport hockey could find. That's the gentleman I'm cutting. The logic is it seems like he was an offensive player. Number two was an offensive player, just a slightly better one. And then number three was a defenseman. So I'm going to start building my team around this one offensive player and then this one defensive player. I'm pretty sure right, you so just you... cut Gordie Howe. Well, no guesses yet. But, Thank you very much. But tell me I'm wrong. Right. Gordie Howe played 100 years. There's no I mean, ways of 10 times. Uh, stop. Yeah, Everyone, Stop. 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 Ryan, and who then, are you did, starting? Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. I'm going to start Sorry, uh, I'm going to start number 2. Uh the thing that stuck out to me was the six-time Hart or MVP trophy. That means you were the best player in the entire NHL for 6 years, which to me is like it's it's crazy to be recognized as such cuz you know, we see MVP awards that don't necessarily go to the best players always. It's why Michael Jordan doesn't have 10. It's why, you know, like LeBron doesn't have 10. Kobe only has one. Um, and, you know, in the NFL, you see it a bunch. MVP gets passed around. So to win six means not only were you the undisputed, like, best player in the league those six years. The years you didn't win it, you were probably the best player in the league still, and they just didn't want to give it to you. 21-time um, All-Star kind of speaks to uh, a lot of that for me is you were always one of the elite, elite players. Um, I don't know how much one person can win you a championship in hockey, but, you know, four-time champ, I assume you're the best player on that team uh, if you won all four of those and you're the six-time MVP. So, you know, best player on four championship teams, six-time MVPs, uh, six points leaders, so you're helping me get just get it in the goal all the time. Um, that's that's the guy I'm rolling with. And then I'm benching the, the defenseman. The, the reason that I almost started him is the plus 450 to me is just insane. Mm -hmm. Like, that's you know, a half of a half of a hundred um, or half of a thousand, excuse me. Like, goals your team is better than the other team when you're on the ice. And I don't know that much about hockey. It sounds like if you're a good defenseman, it's probably a little bit easier to get your plus minus up. Because if you have some elite offensive players, maybe like the two gentlemen above him, um, if you can stop it, you give it to them, and then they score. While if you're not on, well, if you're not on the ice, and then the elite offensive players are, I don't know how much they can really impact the game. Um, you know, defensively, 
and plus 450 again it just stands out and it's it's crazy amazing but i think the the six-time mvp uh trumps that for me so i'm starting the second one i'm benching the third one the defenseman and then i'm cutting uh whoever was on top all right aj who are you cutting um i mean i know i gave ryan a hard time for this but that plus minus really to me seems to be really valuable, especially in a game like hockey where goals are at a premium, right? Um, so I actually like hesitate between one and two, um, but I think that the point that Ryan made about you know the six-time MVP, twenty-one-time All-Star, you know more goals, almost the same amount of assists, and then is P penalty? I didn't hear. No, uh, that's just that's just overall points. Points, total they, points. They yeah, count yeah. if you so if you add goals and yeah, assists. Yeah, that's yeah, your total yeah, points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I yeah, I wasn't listening when you said that earlier. So, wow, given okay. given the combination of that, um, I think even though I was giving him a hard time, I think I'm going to stick with cutting number one. Um, okay. But I think I would switch the other two. Because I think that, uh, especially when it comes to hockey, I think I would start the defenseman, bench the offensive guy, because I feel like in hockey you need to build from your goal out. Um, And I think good defense can lead to good offense where it's not necessarily the other way around. Um, So I would start the defenseman and bench the middle guy. Interesting if that's your philosophy, but you're going to cut the guy that won an award for best defensive forward. What? What? Your philosophy of building the defensively uh, out, and you cut you cut the man who has won the award for yeah, best defensive forward. I've obviously got somebody with a higher, you know, plus minus and a best defenseman, not a defensive forward. A little bit different. Matt, I can't I can't handle this. Can I please can I please when I talk about these players, can I say their names because I'm absolutely sure I know who they are, and it's bugging me and it's it feels disingenuous to talk about them like I don't know who they are. Okay, so then, okay, if you know who they are, then tell me who you're cutting. I, I'm cutting Steve Eiserman, and that right. hurts to say it really does. But I'm I'm gonna cut Steve Eiserman. So, th- so that is a perfect sweep on cutting Stevie yes, Y, the captain. Yep, it is. That is, and it's nothing against him. It's nothing against him. It's not his fault, and I'm gonna tell you why. So. Well, wait. Which one does he think is Steve Eiserman? The top one is Steve Eiserman. The, the, the top one. The top one is Steve Eiserman. And it is. It's. This is the stupidest thing I've ever said in my life. I'm cutting Steve Eisenman. But in context, this is why context <laughs> matters. Like, you could take this clip and, like, just put it wherever and make me sound like a nutcase, like, more than normal. <laughs> but this is why context matters. Um, I'm cutting him because I'm cutting him so that I can keep Gordy Howe, the second player on this list, arguably the greatest player to ever lace them up in the history of hockey. One of the guy who usually holds that mantle among a lot of hockey heads, Wayne Gretzky, he himself has said how was the greatest hockey player to ever live. And you can say that mm-hmm. that's just modesty, but I actually, I, I think he means it when he says it. I truly do. Um, I'm going to be real with you guys. Uh, I didn't see a lot of Gordy Howe. And I didn't. No. I didn't because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not quite with, with 26 years old. So. I didn't see a lot of him play. I can only go by what I've hear, what I've he- heard, <laughs> cut-ups I've seen, very grainy cut-ups, stuff like that, you know. 
But yep. by all accounts, this man is truly, truly in a class above. And I can't cut that. I can't. I can't do it. And if I'm keeping an offensive you, can guy Can you here, start it? No. I can't start it. No, you can't start it. I think. Which is wild. I know, right? I can't start Gordy Howe on my team. Um, I'm a very defense-first guy, and that is why I think Nicholas Lindstrom is arguably the greatest Red Wing ever. No N. What? It's not Lindstrom. No N. Lindstrom. It's Lindstrom. That's what I said. You said Lind. Lind. Lindstrom. It's okay. There are there are Lindstroms in the NHL, but Nicholas is not one of them. He's a Lindstrom. (laughs) Why 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 are we derailing it like this? Um, No, I I really I truly I I don't think it's derailing because I've gotten yelled at for saying Lindstrom (laughs) by just people. Apparently, it's something Detroit holds very dear there. (laughs) I'm sorry, I have a partial lisp. I blame the mic. Um, No, so Nicholas Lindstrom. There we go. I honestly think is arguably one of the greatest wings ever, and. I know he didn't play he quite as many. <laughs> definitely is. Well, I mean, most people would put Howe and Stevie above him. But I don't. And I don't because, one, I factor defense. Uh, the plus minus uh, is kind of hilarious to look at in comparison. Um, but I think that's slightly unfair. Um, I mean, Lidstrom didn't play a lot of games without great teams. He played some, but he had really, really good teams around him. And when he was on the ice, the other team didn't score a lot. And this was kind of his job. And I don't want to do give him too much credit for doing his job. But when you're plus minus over your career, a career that spanned less games than arguably the greatest hockey player of all time, when your plus minus is three times his... That's pretty wild. Something that I like to look at, and every sport has their variation of, whether it's win shares or whatever it is, hockey has point shares. Very comparable. Nicholas Lidstrom in 100 less games. Wings only. I did find it interesting that you did wings only for their career because I knew I knew how played more games than that, but it doesn't matter. Yes. In... In less years, in about 100 less games, Nicholas Trum has almost the same point share as Gordie Howe. 211 to be exact. And something that is wildly incredible to me is Lidstrom did it almost equally offensively as he did defensively. 98.1 offensive win shares over his career. Sorry, point shares. 113.6 defensive point shares. That, to me, is – it's lunacy, and it is truly just greatness. All you want to talk about a guy that can lead your team, lead your defense, put the puck in the net when he needs to, lead the power play, which God knows Detroit has not had a guy in so long that can do that. Lidstrom did everything you would want a player to do. And by, for comparison, Gordy Howe. 186 and a half of his 217 point shares on the offensive side of the puck. I mean, there's no, you just can't. I value balance so much. I value defense so much. This guy did everything. 
And until the day that he was done, until the day he hung him up, I, just unbelievable what Lidstrom did. And it sounds crazy to start him over Gordie Howe because of who Gordie Howe was. But I, I, he's my favorite hockey player ever. And I don't think – and it's crazy to say because it's not like people don't appreciate him. But I still think he is underappreciated for what he did in Detroit. I, you just – you can't write a career like this. So I'll be honest. I had one and two This is switched. tough for me. You made it. Because I know. I made it. And the tough part <laughs> is, you know, what's lost on Steve on Stevie Y's legacy is, you know, it's not him becoming a captain at 21 years old. It's the, this man was a 50-60 goal scorer and was doing it with ease. But his team wasn't winning. And so his ownership and his coach came to him and said, you can score all you want, but if you want to lift cups, you've got to make a change to your game and become a leader of this team. And after 1992, where he dropped 58 goals and 79 assists, he never sniffed 40 again. The highest he got was 36 because he shifted his game. Did you just say 58 goals? Yeah. He never scored 58 goals. What are you talking about? He scored 58 goals in 1992. Am I looking at the wrong thing? Is there like a pro hockey reference? You sure is. Hockeyreference.com. Oh, yeah, he did. He got 50 and 87, 65 and 88, 62 and 89, 51. This man was a goal scoring machine. What the? Five five out of six years over 50 goals. That's crazy. (laughs) But his team wasn't winning. The Red Wings were the Dead Wings. We weren't doing a damn thing. And he made the complete and utter shift to become the leader of this team and do whatever it needed, hence him winning best defensive forward in the league, doing whatever this team needed to drag this team kicking and screaming to become a cup appearance maker and a legitimate champion and the best team of the mid-90s on through early 2000s. The best team in the NHL for about 10 years. And I can't look cut like that a serial killer though. from my team. I can't cut that from my team. I, not a guy who's willing to, to do literally since you're not anything. Him. I want you to tell me how someone has 155 points in 80 games and doesn't win MVP. Ooh. Ooh. I have no idea. 155. Got, what a- do you, two points a game. How with sixty-five yeah, goals? How is that possible? That's, that's is crazy. That, is because that Wayne Gretzky was in the league. Uh, that Wayne Gretzky was in the league. So was um, Mark oh, Messier. Ma- so Mario Gret- Lemieux. Gretzky did win that year. He did. Probably won every year. Wow! I actually I see how now. Holy crap! The league was yeah. wild back. Oh then. yeah! Look, I just named. The, yeah, I just named world? both guys who did better than Steve Eisenman. No, Wayne so Gretzky actually, and Mario Lemieux. So unless Gretz, <laughs> no, actually, not even a little bit. Holy crap! Did Mario Lemieux get robbed that year? Yeah, he did. 199 points for Lemieux that year. 85, 85 goals. goals and was better on he defense. He had 30 more goals and, than Wayne Gretzky and was better on defense. Uh, I do have one question, Matt, because I'm confused. Uh, yeah. Hold on, let me get back to it. Just because I, I want to make sure I'm talking right. 
The league so was different you, back then. You say 10-time All-Star. Hockey Reference has it as a one-time All-Star, which makes no sense. I know, and which made no sense, which is why I went looking to find out why. And it was there was a there was a change in All-Star, the way it was done and everything, and the votes were different. He might gotcha. actually be an 11-time All-Star if you include the one gotcha, that the, gotcha. that the uh, that, uh, Hockey Reference has. There's something messed yes, up, but I went uh, looking elsewhere because I know. Two thousand is the all star yeah, team. I know he made more all stars than that, and I went looking through to find, and he is I, at I least would, a ten time all star. I would only all-star. assume that he's made more all stars than one, and then I look yeah, on this. Page, no, there's and I was there's like, no chance um, he only made one all star. So I definitely looked at these the like backwards. I thought with the name change in the the award, that prompted me to think that Gordy Howe was actually the top guy. Nope, Gordy Howe's the middle no, guy. I, I knew is, he was second right. because he was a 21-time All-Star. I was like, huh? Whoa. I knew he was second because of how many All-Star games. Because like, he played for 100 years. That only makes sense. Well, so did Stevie Y. Yeah, I thought Stevie Y had a possibility of that many All-Stars. But it was, they played in very different eras. I don't yeah. understand, like, late 80s, early 90s hockey. I mean, obviously, I was not living. But... How are guys putting up 85 goals in a season and 200 points? Like, what am I missing? I honestly think that those guys are really just that good. He's got to be the greatest I, uh, of all Mar- time. When you're talking about Mario Lemieux and, and Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky they yeah. were just that good. Yeah, I, I, I think that, like, it's just like, like your nick, your when you literally talk about one. like that. I'm that. mad looking at this because Lemieux got screwed so hard, dude. 23-year-old so, Lemieux just putting up a stat line that you couldn't do in a video game and not getting – the MVP. Like, what is happening? So, so, so here's my breaking news. I am cutting one of the top two or three greatest hockey players of all time. Because I'm not getting the defense from him that I want, that I'm going to get from Nicholas Lidstrom, and I'm going to get from the the chameleon that is Steve Eiserman doing anything and everything I need to help this team. Wow. Hold so on. I'm cutting Gordy Howe. Stevie White didn't um, play much defense either. Uh, man won an award for best defensive I, forward. That's listen, enough for I don't, me. I don't care what the opinion was. He did not play that much more defense than Gordy Howe. Little bit, like a like a tiny bit. Well, I mean, not tiny bit. But he only, but he also only scored. He also only scored a tiny bit less. It looks like about the Howe. same according to point shares. And was a more willing passer than Gordy Howe for playing team hockey. Hence the the more assists in less years, and the better plus minus to go along the I ridiculous mean, it's, plus it's minus also not that like, is Nicholas Lidstrom. It's also not like Eiserman would have played a lot of defense when me and Paul watched him, or I didn't watch him, but like he stopped his career when we were twelve, and he won the the Selkie when we were six. Right. So you, when you caught Eiserman, if you started watching in, let's say, like 2003 and you were nine, he's probably not that good of a defender because he's 37. Yeah, it didn't need to be as much anymore. But throughout the entire 90s, you bet your ass he was. Yeah, hopefully he, All right. team, he can man. build a cup winner here. Who's next? We moving on to the hardwood. Are we still doing this Detroit Legends? Yeah, with Are we still doing this Detroit Legends? Are we still doing it blind? So for this one, AJ, you're going to go first. Then Paul. Then Ryan. So your first option, this man played 13 seasons for the red, white, and blue. 
Played in 979 games, averaged just over 19 points a game, a little over 9 assists per game, and just over 3.5 rebounds per game while shooting over 45% and an 80.7 win shares. The middleman played 9 seasons for the Pistons, 675 games at 22.6 points per game, just under 6.5 assists, just over 4 rebounds, 44% shooting, and 56 win shares. And the bottom cho choice, this man played 10 seasons in Motown, 671 games, a 22.7 points per game, just over three assists, and almost 12 rebounds at 51% shooting and 91.5 win shares. So, AJ, out of these Piston legends, who are you cutting? I think I have an idea of who the top guy is. And if that's the case, then I can't cut him. <laughs> Tremendous. Because if it's who I'm thinking it is, he's like my all-time favorite piston. So, but I could be wrong. Like, um, what if you're wrong? Even and someone even, you just hate. even with no names and like supposed to be without bias. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but Paul did that in the last one, so I can do it on this one. So, no, but this is this is tough because like each of them brings something different to the table, right? Like, obviously, the top guy's a distributor who still gets you about twenty points a game, like so that pretty dang good. And he shoots the ball well. Um, the middle guy, obviously, can score. Obviously, distributes. Obviously, is rebounding and shoots pretty well as well. But obviously, didn't win as much as the other two. So, I think. Hmm. Right, but it's not his fault if he was on shitty Pistons yeah, squad. Yeah, that's also true because I think that that middle guy might be a particular. Yeah, whatever. Um, man's tough. Okay, so I am going to. I think I'm going to cut the middle guy, which I it pains me to say that because now I think I know who that is. And Do you? Because I right. had a guess, but I don't I don't know that I do know. I'm for and sure I'm going, I know who the top one is. The second two, I'm... I, I'm, 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 I have, I'm I pretty have confident no, on the third. Great. I'm like, if I get number one wrong, I might just walk out my house. Yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea who the bottom guy is. But what attracts me to him is his efficiency and shooting percentage and the fact that he grabs rebounds for me. Um, so I would cut the middle guy, I would bench the third guy, and I would start the first guy. All right. Paul, who are you cutting? All right. Actually, we can do this the way that you, know, you guys want to do it in the first place. Paul, is there anything that AJ said that you disagree with? Yes. I didn't. I didn't really give him much, but go ahead. Yes. Um. All right. So, so who you cutting? I, and we're not gonna name names on this one. We're not yet. Okay. Not yet. Right. So, well, we all know who the first one is, anyways. I'm pretty confident on the other ones. Um, cutting number two. It's not even close to me. Like not even a little bit. 675 games. Half the win shares of your, of number three. A little more than half. I got 
I know who the first one. See, there's a, there might be a little bias in this because I know who the first guy is. <laughs> and there's not in a million years could I cut him ever. So, number one is going to ride the bench. Um, another player, but that's because he played for Detroit. But another player that never gets the respect he deserves. Although he does in Detroit. Um, but outside of Detroit, not even close. Uh, I am super easily starting number three. I mean, mm -hmm. you guys know how I feel about longevity. Ten years is friggin' plenty anyways. Um, and I think the longer your career goes, the more diluted it becomes and the more overrated it becomes. But uh, number three, to do what he did over those ten seasons, and it's not like he didn't contribute in ways other than scoring. He played defense. He gobbled up boards, and he still passed the ball. It's not like yeah. I mean, three assists a game for some over three assists for someone that's grabbing twelve boards and putting up twenty three points. Like that's fantastic. Um, you don't nah, know that he, he played defense. I'm starting number three, absolutely. I uh, I, right. I differ a little bit. So for me, um, I I am cutting number two. The difference between number one and number three for me is. I, I'm pretty sure number three is a center, and the thing that would most attract you about him, it would be you know the win shares and the shooting percentage. 51% is better than the other two on this list, but the other two look like guard forwards, and 51% for a center is sort of just like eh, like you should be because all your shots are closer. Um, mm -hmm. And with the win shares, uh, you know if if you just played on some better teams, your teams are are gonna win a little bit more. Um, especially, you know, if you were, uh, you know, the number one played for 13 seasons and then near the end, if your teams weren't that good and, you know, you didn't win a bunch that could, that could smack you down some. So number one to, to me is somebody that can get your offense going They're They might be the best score on here. I know they average the least, but they also dished out nine assists and say they cut that down to like seven assists. They're probably really close to like 25 points a game, um, but the, you know they're also they're not a bad rebounder for um, a guard. You no know, four rebounds a game is is plenty, um, and they're the best the best distributor. And for whoever is number three, if I can bring them off the bench and then have them just be like this double double machine that's you know getting boards and then putting the ball up and getting it in. Uh, then, then I'm very happy, but I'm going to have the main facilitator as my starter. I'm going to cut number two, and I'm going to bench number three. Um, but I do want to say, because this man might be like my sneaky favorite piston of all time, did I? Did we all cut Grant Hill? Is that who that is? Yes, we did. No. Oh. No. No, I did, did I didn't I'm think the nine seasons was enough, but I was looking, and I was like, who else could it be? No, Grant. Uh, no, Grant he, Hill. I don't think Grant. Grant I don't think Grant played list. nine seasons in Detroit. No, no, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. And I didn't think so, but I was like, yeah, maybe. There's. No. I'm so surprised that number like, one Zeke, Bill's right? Not on this list. Yeah, number one Zeke. Yes, I, I'm surprised. Like Bill Lambeer's not on this list. Joe Dumars isn't on they're, this list. Their their numbers. Their Bill Lambeer's numbers are like you know eleven and nine. So is like, is number got is number two Dave Bing? Number two is Dave Bing. Is number three wow. Lanier? Yes, it is. So I'm know, still comfortable like, with my decisions. Absolutely. Well, I don't remember what you. No, and I understand. Like, look, this was like this was not easy trying to find three comparable guys because there aren't like yeah. 
there's just a difference in the way our, the way that we view our legends versus their actual basketball careers. Like overall, when you look at their numbers, like they're not overly impre- like impressive in a lot of different ways compared to other guys that you think of. And so I had to go and find guys that still had, you know, Bob Lanier is the highest scoring piston of all time. Yeah. As far as points per game is concerned. And Dave Bing, a freaking point guard is right behind him. <laughs> and you got Isaiah Thomas, who, you know, maybe if he doesn't have his last year of only averaging 14 and a half points per game, maybe he's a 20 point per game scorer for his career, Yeah, you know, and maybe 10 assists also. Cause he only averaged only six and a half assists his last year. Yeah. He had like what? 14 one year. Something ridiculous. Oh yeah. The man was. You know, it's a damn shame the man played at the same time as Magic Johnson <laughs> right. in, in ways because this man is easily a top three or four point guard all time. Yeah. And in some people's eyes, a, th- a top two point guard all time. Especially for he's his just, size, too, because he was not. He was, no, he's six, 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 that, one, that brings maybe. Up, so that brings up a question for me, especially in today's era of uh, positionless basketball, as people like to say. Yeah, it was but 14. Jesus Christ. 21 how, and 14. What, what, how do you determine – God. When you when you are evaluating a player against his peers uh, at the same position, you take modern players. How what what are you using to determine what position you consider them for? Like so, like take a guy like LeBron. What are you you really comparing him to small forwards? I mean, is that no. what you're doing? But see, you're also using like the anomaly athlete. But there's a lot. I mean, you know what I'm, I'm saying? just I'm saying yes, but there's he's not played, because like he's played the three I, most I, of his I don't, career. I don't think there is because like name me another player that can do what LeBron James does. Like LeBron well, James no, legitimately could play. No one in the history of play, basketball could do what LeBron James but does. That's what but that's that's what I'm saying. He's like, not so, the only player that's very fluid in the position that he plays, and he's not the only ball dominant player that is not a point guard. But would you be comfortable with him being your point guard? Yes, absolutely. Would I in my in with my all time shooting guard. In my uh no, absolutely not. Um okay. okay, well hold on. So in the reference of building an all time basketball team, and when we do this, which we've talked about many times, not necessarily on cast, although probably that too, LeBron is a point guard to me. Like I, I am taking LeBron a point. I think he it would is insane. Like I think that's perfect for him. Um I I don't know why you would want him anywhere else. Um if, because when LeBron James has the ball, his teammates just stand around, and it's really fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, that is annoying. Fault. But that isn't his fault. It is either, his right? fault. Uh, no, it is his fault. It's not his fault. Yes, it is. It it is his fault. I'm sorry LeBron never played for a real coach. My bad. It's his fault because they're all just waiting for him to basically drive the lane anyway. <laughs> drive, and drive and kick. Crazy that they still somehow Maybe. have the most efficient offenses around, despite nobody ever moving. <laughs> All right. uh, Magic Johnson is ball dominant. His team moved. I've, His players moved. They didn't stand around LeBron's waiting. Michael job Cooper to call moved. Place. What do you want Silky from him? Silky Smooth moved. Kareem moved. I didn't say I'm taking him a coach. I'm taking him a point guard. I'm sorry he never played for Steve Kerr. What do you want? What's our next one, Matt? <laughs> we are on to the diamond. Yes. Uh, which one is? We're just gonna skip the NFL because there haven't been enough. Uh, we are skipping the NFL. There is, I have, I, I can't find three. I got two. You put Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson up there. Who's the third? Billy Sims. If you put, if you put Calvin Bo- and Barry up there, it's too Bobby, obvious. Bobby Lane. <laughs> I, I guess you could do yards and touchdowns, not in touches. I don't know. You can't even do touches. That would give it away. I don't know what you'd do. No, we'd have to do like secondary ones. 
We could do kickers. We could do freaking automatic Hanson. We could do Mel Mel Gray, and we can do freaking uh, Raider. Uh, listen, Prater. listen. You Kick-a-licious. are do you are extremely old and stubborn. If you think Hanson was a better kicker than Prater, man, set the record for most fifty-yard field goals. Hanson did not. No, he did not. Yes, he did. He had the record. It was yes, like he did. Fifty percent from fifty. Oh, he might. He might not have it anymore, but he had it. <laughs> His percentage over fifty yards was terrible. I just want you to know that. I'm pretty sure Prater has the record. Don't matter. <laughs> oh, he still yeah. had the record for most fifty-yard field goals when his career was done. It's literally just volume. I don't care. You leave automatic Hanson alone. I loved Hanson. All right. I really did a lot. 52 but he is out of 93 from two Lions fans. Matt, you have a, a statistic wrong, I think. Uh, I do? I think. I don't think so. I I remember seeing this today. I copied these all from baseball reference. Um, Which person's stats? One, two, or three? One stolen bases, 113. What is this? Cahoots. Yeah, you, you saw 113? It's, on, it's literally right there on baseball reference. No, I know who all three of these guys are. And was that's it, why was I'm it with last. the what was it with the Tigers? Yeah, he only played for the Tigers. Oh, hmm. no, you're right. My bad. Ha! You're right. You're right. Ha-ha! I did not know that he finished his career somewhere else. <laughs> all right. So onto the diamond. We're trying to find three guys of relatively close stats and number of years was not the easiest. Had two of them down pretty good. But uh, I had to do some some shaking and moving here to find the third guy. So your first man here played 15 years for the Tiggers, played 1,990 games, had just over 8,400 plate appearances, just under 7,300 at bats, just one hit shy of 2,500 hits, 1,209 runs, 164 home runs, 1,446 ribbies, 111 stolen bases, AJ, My bad. 791 walks. 498 strikeouts. He hit 342 for his career with the Tigers with a 410 on base and a 518 slugging and a 149 OPS plus. Man number two played 12 years in Detroit, had 1,269 games for him, 5588 for plate appearances, 4,791 at bats, 1,528 hits for 975 runs, 306 of them were home runs. 1,200 on the dot RBIs, 58 stolen bases, 748 walks, and 771 strikeouts. Hit 319 for his career with a 412 on base and a 616 slugging. Ridiculous. 161 OPS plus. And your bottom choice also played 12 years for 1,680 games for Detroit, 7,164 plate appearances, 6255 for at-bats. 1,973 hits, 980 runs, 339 home runs, 1,171 ribbies, 21 stolen bases, 813 walks, and a lot of strikeouts. 1,169 strikeouts. But he hit 315 for his career, 394 on base with a 543 slugging and a 150 OPS plus. So, Paul, out of these three Tigers, Why am I going who first are you cutting? You haven't gone uh, first. I went first for basketball. Ryan went first for hockey. Yeah. Are we sure? Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. I've got it written down. <laughs> this is a tough one. Like, Especially without having defense involved. 
Well, the, that well, was these are specific. only hitters. Yeah. Yeah, these are only hitters. Can They're I only taking their hitting stats? Can so I? Give... Are we only judging them on hitting? Yes. Yes. Oh. But you Sorry, should know. My fault. You should know that all three of these players did play the same position. Did. Yep. I don't know that many first basemen. <laughs> and I can. Well, go ahead. Never mind. Just go ahead. That is really interesting that they all play. That's wild, actually. I know who I'm not cutting. I'm not cutting number three. That is probably a little <laughs> bit of bias, but I don't care. Chalk another one up for AJ's predictions, Matt. <laughs> I literally, when Matt calls me because he's stumped, I know exactly what Paul's going to say when we come up with names. What? I know exactly. Did I not say he was going to say that exact thing? Pretty much. Yep. Well, how did you know I'd know who it was? That's why we made it blind to try and make it a little bit easier, but I feel like you probably searched it up, to be honest with you. No, I know how, I know how many home runs he's at. It's like the, the, like the, le- the web page is almost loaded. Let me... Slash line, slash line just confirms it. I mean, I'm going to assume, and I don't know which is which, so I'm going to... AJ, I'm going to... I'm not going to say this on the cast. I'm going to text you who I think they are. Okay. I guarantee you, you don't know one of them. I will I will almost guarantee. If you know it, Paul, I will I will let you wear the crown for a week oh, that I'm you wrong. know baseball sure more wrong. than I do. Then I'm for sure wrong. I don't know it then. I'm wrong then. And that's okay. I can be no, wrong. No, text Martinez. I did. I did. I, I sent it, but it's... I, I'm Wait, did you wrong. send it in the chat? Oh, I sent it in the chat. It? Yeah, I sent it in the chat. Um, so, okay, you, you're right on two of them, wrong on one of them. I'm assuming I'm wrong on the middle one. I'm not going to confirm nor deny that. And that's okay, because... And I'll I'll tell you why when you're done, when we reveal who they are, I'll tell you why. This is so stupid, because I'm going to end up cutting the best of the bunch. But I, this is blind, and I'm stupid. And... I don't know. So I'm cutting number one. <laughs> We're judging them. Was that, was that AJ just dying? I, I just, that was AJ just so dying I, I acknowledge, so I'm pretty sure I know who number one is and I'm cutting him, but I'm cutting him not knowing who he is. If that makes any sense. Cause he's well, blind. Are you cutting him because he doesn't hit home runs? So Yes are home runs no. to you like the three point shot? So yes and no. So this this is where I this is how I rank the home runs, right? So I'm not cutting him because he hit half the home runs in more years. I'm cutting him more because the home runs inflated other numbers I care about for the other players. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. So like OPS, for instance, right? I think you're going to actually go ahead, continue. Honestly, so this is really hard. So, and it's it might be the wrong answer, but that's fine. I don't care. It is the wrong answer because you, he's probably number one for most people in, in most Tigers fans. Like if they were like, "Who's your number one first baseman?" He's probably him. But I'm cutting him. And why am I cutting him? Well, he didn't hit home runs, and I want my first baseman to hit home runs, but hit home runs. But that's not why I'm cutting him. Um, he only slugged 518, and I know I say only, um, but I also think he played a really long time ago. Um, a really, really, really long time ago, and that's why his uh, K numbers are so suppressed because back then, 
uh, game was a lot different. And you didn't see the strikeout totals the way you do today, both hitters and pitchers. Um, one of my favorite old pitchers was like 3Ks per nine. And he was phenomenal. And he had an elite ERA. And today, 3Ks per nine will get you cut from a minor league team. So obviously the <laughs> game has changed a lot, right? So I- I'm looking at this this total package, and I'm not cutting Miguel Cabrera. And we all know Miguel Cabrera is number three, and he's not getting cut no matter what. I don't care who's on this list. He's not getting cut. So he's going to ride my bench while the guy that has a career o- o- OBPS of, for 12 years of over 1,000 points, he's starting. Like he's hitting on my team, and he hit plenty of home runs. He hit the ball everywhere. I will assume to every fe- part of the field without knowing who he is, just based on his absurd so wait, totals. I'm sorry, Paul. I missed it. Are you starting the middle guy and benching the third yes. guy? I'm starting the guy that I yeah. absolutely don't okay. know who he is. Okay. Okay. Brian? I'm going to uh, – that's the guy I'm going to end Are up you... cutting is uh, number two. Ooh. And then – Number two. Interesting. And I'm starting number one. I, I like the stolen bases. Um, is Matt said hitting is low. Stolen, stolen bases, bases is hitting. There. It's, it's offensive. It's offensive. Whatever. And it's part of the runs that they scored. And this, <laughs> Are this you going to say it's defensive? Also scored more runs than the other ones did. Probably because he is better on the base pad. Uh, he does have less home runs. I'm going to just chalk that up that he played in a different era. If you're hit, hitting for 15 years and you only have about – you know, 11 home runs a year. 11 yeah. home runs I'm a year. I'm going to assume yeah. home runs w- weren't a big deal, and it was more about contact, which is why he has a 342, um, a 342 batting average. And the walk numbers are, are pretty similar. Uh, you know, number three definitely has an advantage in the walks, not a lot by numbers-wise, but if you give that, you know, he, he walked more and he played, you know, three less years. Uh, and at you know 300 less appearances, that that makes some sense. So I'm going to um, I'm going to bench number two. I am going to start number one uh, again. I do like the the stolen bases. And wait 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 this, wait. You said you were cutting the. Yeah, cutting you said two. you cut number yeah, two. I'm sorry. very confused. I'm cutting you cut number two. two you're. Um, are you benching number yeah, three? I'm benching number three, and then I'm going to start number one. Uh, number one struck okay. out a little bit less than uh, well a, a lot bit less than uh, than number three has. And given that, um, given that he has stolen more bases, I'm going to assume he's at least a little bit more agile defensively. We don't have the defensive numbers here, but I'm going to assume that he's he's a little bit quicker on his feet. You can't do that. That's not how this you, works. You can't steal 21 yeah, bases and have a 98 fielding percentage. It doesn't happen. Uh, so I'm. That's uh, not true. You actually, look, you look up different numbers true. all the time for this game. So no, that is not that even is true. true. I didn't. First of all, I did not look up anything. <laughs> not, not Second of all, you can absolutely have an amazing fielding percentage at first base without stealing yeah. a million bases. Paul, Paul's, Paul's right this on this. Gentleman does not. I'm, Sean I'm Casey would be a very good example. I'm willing to of bet that. this gentleman does not. And you talked about Bob Lanier's defensive numbers when no defense was mentioned either. So what we're going to talk about <laughs> is we're starting number one, we're benching number two, or we're cutting number two, and then You're we're benching number two. three. Okay. That is fair. Paul. All right. AJ, before you reveal to everyone who it is, yeah. uh, Ryan, do you have any guesses on who any of these guys are? I, I thought number one was Ty Cobb, and then Paul saying, um, I saw Paul's guess. Hank Greenberg probably makes more sense. I thought number three was Miguel, and then I did think number two was Cecil. 
Or Cecil. Okay, so you're both wrong about Cecil. Cecil never played long enough for the Tigers. I said I was no, probably I, wrong. But, I acknowledge that. Ryan has two of the right names. Just yes. Paul, you also exactly have the two. Right spots. You also have two of the right names. Both of you are correct. And number three is Miguel Cabrera. Paul, where you're going to, I think, be a little bit happier is the fact that number two is Hank Greenberg. Oh, thank God, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, save now here's, me history. Now, here's what's interesting. Okay. Number one is a guy you've never heard. Number of. one is a guy that you've never well, that's heard. That's why of. he got his ass cut. No. Well, listen, listen. Number one. Is a guy named Harry Howman. Yup, that's absolutely never heard of him. Yeah, his name's his name is not on the retired numbers side, even though I believe that it firmly should be. It's on the other side of Comerica Park, behind the right field bleachers. His name is up there with Harwell and those guys. What did you just say his name was? Heilman. Harry Heilman. H e i l m a n n. Okay, I so I thought you said Howman. No. And I literally couldn't even find him on Google, and I was like, what is this? Is this it's a- H-E-I-L. I got it. I found it. M-A-N-N. So his nickname was Slug, and I wrote an article about him called The Slug That Slugged, right? He's uh, one of the forgotten Tigers of the past who actually his was. His was Slug, but he didn't hit home runs. That's in- interesting. But he also started his no, career in 1914. <laughs> yeah, he, he that, started his career in 1914. I mean... You're right I, towards you're right towards the end of the dead ball era for sure. Um, you're getting into the time when Ruth was coming in in about 1918, so it's starting to shift. Now Heilman, I believe I read correctly today that he leads the entire major league history in triples. So he is a guy that is more athletic of and. That's, you know, he, that's pretty impressive for a first baseman. He is a skinny first well, baseman. Well, let me explain the first base aspect. He was actually brought into the Tigers, signed to replace their right fielder, Wahoo Sam Crawford. Then he was, because Crawford kept hanging on and wouldn't retire, he was demoted where he played all over the field. So when he got back up to the Tigers, he played first base, right field, left field, center field, second base. He played all over the diamond, but his primary positions were right field and, and first base. Okay, I'm a little – this might be a little different than I thought. So, so how – like, this is not taking any defensive numbers into it, obviously, or the positions that they played. It's very difficult to cut Heilman. It's also very difficult to cut Greenberg because of what he did. And it's also very difficult to, obviously, cut Miguel Cabrera from your team, Right. Right. <laughs> well, I'm excited because if I if you told me to name the top two first basemen, I would have named these two. So that's right. Good. So so I I'm gonna start by starting Hank Greenberg. Okay. Number two. Um, obviously, I have an affinity for Hank Greenberg, but I honestly believe that he's one of the best Tigers to have ever played. Um. Very, I also believe, underrated as far as baseball history goes for what he did. And the fact that he also voluntarily left the game for four years, three years during World War II. So his numbers are even lower than what they probably would have been mm-hmm. had he gotten those years back. Now, that's true of a lot of people, so we're not going to you know, make a sob story about just him because that's true of Ted Williams and Bob Feller and all those guys. Um, DiMaggio, you could even throw in there. 
here's where the difficulty comes in. Because do you cut somebody who had 2,500 hits in a Tigers uniform and led the major leagues in triples and stole more bases and drew more walk, uh, didn't draw more walks, but also struck out over half as many times as the other guy. Different era, also higher batting average, also higher on base percentage, and a slightly lower slugging percentage. Nearly identical OPS+. plus. I'm going to be crucified for this, but I'm benching Heilman and I'm cutting Cabrera. I completely concur with AJ. Y'all are I'm stupid and Jew- old. I'm starting my Jewish brethren. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> how many of those do I really have in you the sporting a, world Ryan that I can actually say the that, Hebrewer. that I want to start my Jewish brethren? We are not. Hang on. Hang on. After everything that went down with Ryan Braun, the Jewish people, the Jew- the, the delegates of the Jewish community do not claim Ryan Braun. <laughs> we will trade Ryan Braun for Tiger Woods. <laughs> um, I'm thinking strategically, if I'm bringing someone off the bench, it's in the 7th, 8th, yeah. ninth innings. And I need that man to get on base. And I'm looking at a man with a 342 batting average and a 410 on base percentage. Uh, I understand it's a different era, and yeah, again with the strikeouts, like AJ said, I, I'm if that man if I need him coming off the bench, I need everything that Heilman's given me. And Paul, you got to understand too, like that obviously is not a decision that is like flippantly made. Like you, the nature of this bench start cut is there's going to be painful decisions that you have to make. And and while I think that Miguel is one of the greatest right-hand hitters, these numbers kind of bear out a different decision. I want to point out the ridiculousness How? real quick of Heilman's, of Heilman's career, where his first four years, you know, rookie year is rookie year, hit 225, fine. After that, he's sniffing 300, but he can't quite get there, just around 280. And then he makes this jump in his fifth year, by damn near 50 points to 320, and he never looked a, back. It's a but Matt. Till age 35, everything era, is over 300. Era, some is over era, 400. Era. And he's still hitting with an on-base percentage that's ridiculous as well. Yeah, but Matt, you got to also remember that part of that narrative is the fact that those first five years is when he was kind of in a backup role playing all over the diamond. So he was like a utility mm-hmm. player, and then that fifth year – Crawford retires. He's the everyday right fielder and uh, first baseman. So three ninety four, four hundred three, yeah, three ninety eight. He proved his worth hitting three twenty that first year. I mean, when it's all on him. I know Paul, you're talking about era and stuff like that, but like, I I, I get uh, again. It, it's not the that man like four hundred three and three ninety eight. He hit over four hundred <laughs> multiple times and and still had a lesser OBPS than Cabrera. Congratulations. A slightly less OBPS. Didn't do it against grocery men. <laughs> These were not grocery men. What is the matter That's with you? That's the thing, right? They weren't paid enough, so they had off-season jobs, so they're grocery men. That's, you know. Oh, ah, okay. It's chronological they snobbery. Also, they also picked you know, 35 accurate. games in a season. You, it's you factually can, accurate. It's factually, it you can take what it means how you want, but it's factually you, accurate. Yeah, but I know yeah. how you, you mean You know it. who else not was, how a, I want. was a grocery? I know how you mean it. Per one. Do, do you not think if they could dedicate 
year round to absolute training that they would not have been better players. Yeah, but you, you uh, got to also remember that. that. But that's not just the pitchers; that's the entire team. Yeah, because yes, Ted Williams when, didn't so, even so do when, when we're talking about training. when we're talking about the greats, they were able to lean on the game more than the average player, but they were playing against the average player day in and day out. I don't think there are any less average players no, I think you're then than there are now. I can't even yeah. average means average. I can't no even imagine like 80 years when people are talking about our athletes. They're like, and they were drinking water right. every day. <laughs> 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 now, let's say this. Let's say this, Paul. If the defensive numbers were included in this, that might change things because Greenberg was not a great defensive player. Miggy Greenberg is a was really the best good. defensive player of the bunch according to War. According to war? I mean, yes. like defensive war? Uh, according like... to D-War? <laughs> war in general. Yes, yes. No, no, no. Yes, accor- yes. No, according to D-War. Now, according so, to the points per game, uh, Hank, LeBron James now, is average defense. So Hank hovered around zero every year. He was never worse than a negative. He actually never hit a negative one win share in any given year on the defensive side of the ball, where Harry and Miguel did pretty much every year. They were both D-War pretty poor defenders not like well, not i will now, say this not going to lose you a games like but not i, not I will say good. this too to make the case even stronger for hank he's the first player ever and maybe the only player ever i could be wrong but the first player ever to win the mvp at two different defensive positions he won it once as a first baseman and then as a left fielder which i think is pretty impressive it's insanity and that left fielder that actually makes his defensive so like names? I assume in 1940 is I, I pulled up his thing I assume in 1940 would have been his left fielder the all them looking I think yep, when yeah, he right came here. yep 1940 so it should had, say on there right what that was his yes yep yeah. um that was his worst defensive year but it wasn't like in a because he was learning it they moved him because they had this new first base prospect come up. And they just obviously don't want to get rid of Hank's bat, so they moved him, um, like spring training. So he's like learning on the fly that year, which is still pretty impressive for him to have hit 41 home runs and have 150 RBIs on the you know while you know learning a new position in the outfield. So I, that's so, why that's why I just think that I. I of the three, I would start Hank because I think he's a very undervalued player. So, Paul, when I first brought this up, uh, the, the baseball topic, you said I should have used pitchers. Is that what you said? Um, yes, he did. He did. Yes, yeah, yep. Okay, well, if you go check out the uh, the chat and sports cartridge real quick, you'll see that I have one more oh, start bench cut for the night. And they're all pitchers. All right, I'm starting Verlander. I'm benching the bird. In fact, they are World War II era oh, Tiger pitchers. God dang it! Why are you doing this? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go get a cup of coffee while you guys look over these stats, and then I'll be back. Oh, you gave us names. Yeah. Oh, I gave you names for this. Yeah, this is not. Are you kidding me? I've, I've if you've heard, heard of, of any of these guys, I am proud. Oh, of you. stop! I yeah, Newhouser and Bridges. I have heard of both of them. I've okay, heard of I'm proud of you both. I have no idea who I'll be Dizzy back in a minute. is. Y'all Dizzy Trout is a fabulous name, though. It is, right? And he played at the same time as Dizzy Dean. 
So in one point in Major League Baseball history, there were two Dizzies playing at the exact same time. How he got his nickname is fantastic because he was playing in a baseball game when the rain came and he saw an awning and ran for it. And it was out in center right field and it was a picture of an awning on the wall that he ran right into. (laughs) So his teammates who saw him do that decided to give him the nickname of Dizzy. Nowadays, he would have been given a much worse nickname. Been dumbass trout. <laughs> All right, so these eras, these World War II era pitchers, it kind of runs the gamut as the guy in the middle, Tommy Bridges, started long before World War II started in 1930. But he was playing at the time that World War II happened. He actually missed the 44 year to go serve in the war. So he's included in this list, and he was also a damn good pitcher. Hal Newhauser pitched from 1940 to 1953. They said he had a heart condition, so he was not allowed to serve in World War II, despite trying. And Dizzy Trout had a vision condition, they said. So they did not have him serve either, despite trying. Dizzy Trout played from 1939 to 1952. Newhauser started his career horribly. 34 and 52. Prior to 1944, his first five years in the bigs. Wow. Or first three years in the bigs. And then he caught gangbusters. Yes, he was playing with certain people missing the two years that he won back-to-back MVP in 44 and 45. But the following year in 46, the league's back to full strength. Ted Williams wins the MVP. Newhouser takes second place. He's a seven-time All-Star, a one-time World Series champion, a two-time MVP, a two-time ERA title, a one-time Major League Player of the Year, and he was a triple crown winner as well for pitchers. That's wins, strikeouts, and ERA. He had a final record of 200 a 3.07 ERA. Tommy Bridges was a six-time All-Star and a two-time World Series champion, went 194-138, and a 3.57 ERA, and Dizzy Trout, whose record does not look as good as the other two guys, a two-time All-Star, a one-time World Series champ, and an ERA title, ERA title. But it can also be argued that the 1944 MVP, won by Newhouser, was stolen from his teammate, who went 27-14 and 14 in his own right that year, with AL bests in ERA at 2.12, complete games, 33 of them, shut out seven of them, and most innings pitched 352 and a third, while also hitting 271 for his team with five <laughs> home runs, and 24 RBIs and 133 at-bats. Went 161 and 153 with a 3-2 ERA in 493 games. 305 of them started, 156 of them completed, 28 shutouts. Doesn't matter who's going first in this one. Uh, I'll go first because, yeah, I, I have my answer. Ryan, um, go first. I'm going to cut Mr. Mister Bridges here. He's got the worst ERA and the worst whip out of the bunch. Um which is what I looked at first, and then as far as his uh, as far as his WAR goes, it is better than Dizzy Trout's. But he also played two more seasons, and it's only six WARs better. And do I believe Dizzy Trout could have gotten six WAR if he had played two more years? Yes, I do. So with that being said, I am going to bench uh, Dizzy Trout and bring him up only when I really need him. Worse ERA and worse WHIP than uh, than Mr. Newhauser there at the top. I do like that he hit five home runs, much like what Barry Bonds would hit if he was in the MLB this year. <laughs> <laughs> and it 
might have a very similar stat line to Dizzy Trout. He might. He, as long as he gets this year. five and, uh, and pads, his, pads his record. Uh, Dizzy also, as as Matt had alluded to how he got his nickname, not all there in the head mentally, so that dings him a bit from from, from Newhauser to me. <laughs> and then the biggest thing with <laughs> Newhauser for me, not only best ERA, best whip, which I you know kind of just talked about, uh, back-to-back MVPs as a pitcher is pretty incredible and then finishing second to uh you know to ted williams one of the one of the best players ever but always being recognized as not only just you know the best pitcher or one of the best pitchers in the mlb but one of the best players as a pitcher uh is is pretty insane to me um and then he also i i am big on strikeouts i know the era was completely different but having 1700 strikeouts as opposed to or almost 1800 as opposed to 1200 with uh with dizzy here um that those were kind of my deciding factors in why newhauser is my starter dizzy trout gets to come out the bullpen and tommy bridges gets to go play for the cleveland indians or somebody else i mean just looking at the numbers i feel like this one's pretty cut and dry um, you're gonna cut bridges, uh, regardless of what you want to look at, whether it's ERA, whether it's WHIP, uh, even WAR, given the extra innings pitched. Uh, I wish. Is there? You know what? It doesn't say on here is how many at bats, but that's okay. You can't have it all. Um, if you you're big on home runs given up, I mean, kind of no matter what you look at, Tommy Bridges wasn't quite as good as Dizzy Trout. Very good. But not quite as good. Mm-hmm. Um, the All-Star Games, World Series, it doesn't mean much to me. Uh, All-Star Games, very various reasons you make an All-Star Game, not always having to do with your talent. And uh, World Series, very dependent on having a good team. So that stuff's kind of whatever. Um, I'm going to cut Tommy. I'm going to start – or bench Dizzy Trout. And I think it's very obvious, and not just because – He's the name that I really actually know on the list in Hal Newhauser, but uh, he very clearly was the best of this three numbers-wise. I mean, I didn't see his stuff. I'd never seen him pitch. I've never even seen – I don't think I've even seen, like, tape of him pitching. Um, but that's okay. I like numbers. And the numbers say that Newhauser was an absolute machine. Uh, yes, it was an era where complete games were the regular, but right. he, he's – I don't know, 60% of his are complete games, um, 60, 65%, something like that. Pretty freaking wild. Um, notable, he pitched uh, 2,900 innings, uh, 100 more innings than Tommy Bridges, yet gave up 50 less home runs. I think that's yeah. extremely impressive if you care mm-hmm. about those kind of things. Um, his whip, his ERA, both by far the best among this group. Um the record, I don't care about at all. It doesn't yeah. mean anything to me. I Literally nothing at all. Um, so, not telling you to waste your time to put it up there. Just personally, I'm not looking at that. Uh, war, same thing. I'm big on war. Not always as much for pitchers, but sometimes it depends how much it helps my case. Um, I like war a lot when it comes to talking about Verlander. Um, <laughs> no, I he, he's clearly the best, I think. And I doubt AJ will disagree. Unless he just wants to be a dick. <laughs> um, so here, here's the thing. I, I I wouldn't change anything that you guys have actually said. Um, but I can give a little bit, I think, more analysis. Yeah, probably. Just based on the history. Not shocking. 
Um, well, just okay, to just, add to the conversation. Just, uh, Huh? Newsflash, that was the whole point of this topic. Right. <laughs> it was more of a history lesson yeah. for our fans as well as, obviously, us so, when it comes to legends of our teams. So I think that, you know, I, I'm with Paul. I don't think record matters. But some people do think that record matters for pitchers, which, you know, if they can be mistaken, that's fine. Um, but Bridges' record here is a bit skewed. Because he's playing on some of the greater Tiger teams that have ever existed. Um, you know, that stretch of time from the 30s, I mean, that's the time right when Greenberg was coming around in 33, I believe, is when he made his official debut, even though he was assigned, he was signed in 29 and then came up. Those teams were really good. Um, so, obviously, they're going to win more games. Um, obviously, Newhauser was something special given that you know, he wasn't playing on necessarily the best Tiger teams. They did win a World Series, all that kind of stuff, but he still got 200 wins. So I, I think for Newhauser, though, what's less impressive to me are the two MVPs just because he is playing against, you know, I I don't want to say a lesser talented group of people. But he, you can say that. But you can but say it, that. There but were they're still, major, they're still the Major League Baseball players. At that point in time, though, he wasn't facing DiMaggio. He wasn't facing Ted Williams. You know, so it's easier, I think, for a pitcher during downtimes and, and, and war, you know, war-torn seasons to kind of come in and dominate um, because it's a lot harder, I think, to, to hit a baseball than it is to be a dominant pitcher in a lot of ways. Um, so... For Newhauser, what's most impressive to me is that 44 and 45 weren't a fluke, but once Ted Williams is back, he still finished second in the MVP, which means that, you know, it wasn't that he was just playing against lesser competition. He actually still, you know... No, I think he I think he got his confidence. I mean, you look at his record before right. 44, he's 34 and 52. So it's like, yeah, I can do this kind of, and then all of a sudden it's, I can really do this. And he kind of kept that going, which yeah. I, which impresses me anyway. Right, right. Um, but here, here's the thing, and here's why I would start Newhauser and keep Trout for like my day two starter because they obviously all completed games back then. But the thing that I think impresses me the most about Dizzy Trout is less home runs given up in fewer innings. I'll grant you that than than Newhauser, but also less walks um, as well. So his WHIP. Roughly on par, what point zero three one more than uh, more than Newhauser. He's a very efficient pitcher, um, and so I think that's the kind of guy that, like, if Newhauser were to get in trouble late in the game, you could bring in and know that he's going to get you know the ball over the plate and and allow your defense to make plays. But the clear cut starters, obviously, Newhauser uh, with Trout coming off the bench. Tommy Bridges, great that he won all those games, but, you know, again, I think that's a little bit skewed given the teams that he played on. I mean, he's the only one. I mean, Am I? Is there anything to be said for him doing his part while playing on those teams? Because he won four out of five decisions in the World Series that he played in. Yeah, but, I mean, that's like uh, – this is maybe a terrible comparison, but that's like Kenny Rogers on the 2006 team, right? Like – however many wins he got. Did they get those because of the way that he pitched, or did they get those because their offense was so good? 
I would, you know, I'd, I'd love to, I don't know the numbers. I'm actually trying to find out if I can find them right now to see, you know, what the offense did in those five games, you know, that Tommy Bridges pitched in, in the World Series. You know, because if he's winning these games 2-1, I'm going to give Tommy Bridges a lot of credit. If he's winning these games 11-3, to it's a little different story. Yeah. Um, they've got to, they've got to have it here. Oh, I know. It's just trying to find it all organized in one spot. Well, here they, you should be able to. Okay, so here I got it. Um, what year did he win? They won the World Series in 1935. That would have been Bridges. It wouldn't have been the other two. So, no, he won. Yeah, he was there. He was there from 30 through 46. So in the World Series, he started two games, won two games. Um. He had a 250 ERA yep. in the World Series, 122 whip. Uh, let me see what games that actually was. So he, so okay, here you go. Game two, the Tigers won eight to three. All right, um, and then the three. in game seven, the they three. won four to three. What was the second one? In in game seven. Game six. I'm sorry. They won four to three. So, All right. And then the other World Series they won was 45? No. It would have been 45. It was 45, right? Yep. And so let's see here. So Neuhauser lost. He got a no decision in, game, in, in 45, what I'm seeing. Yeah. So he didn't even register a win or a loss. And he, yeah, because he started a game at a 16.20 ERA, pitched one and two-thirds of an inning, and gave up three earned runs with a 3.6 whip. So my argument stands that I think his win-loss so, he's got a little bit of Verlander in him. <laughs> my argument stands uh, that he was saying. a product of the team that he played on in a lot of respects. Man, I remember one game. A little bit of Verlander. I remember one game. Verlander had some wins five runs in the series. first and like pitched a complete game. I think the Tigers ended up winning, but that was the most yeah, insane. I, but uh, even like, like Newhauser, Newhauser started three games in that forty-five World Series and had a six-ten ERA. <laughs> he went two and one, so they won two of those games that he started. But Dizzy Trout. Started one game, pitched in another game, at a .66 ERA. Damn. But he won one and lost one, so he is responsible Bum. for one of the losses. Yeah, game game six. But this is the famous uh, Curse of the Billy Goat uh, series. Yeah, 45. Yeah, and, I mean, to be fair, he also lost that in extra innings, and the Cubs were the home team, so... He was pitching basically in a 7-7 game and gave up the run. I feel like there should have been more shit-talking from Detroit fans or Chicago fans over the last 100 years that we were the ones that sent them into their, you know, demise. I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, it would have been... I'm trying to find... Figure out what game that I mean, actually they got more recent championships than us in, what, three of the four sports? <laughs> oh. No, I know. I'm saying we missed our chance. We missed our chance for the last freaking 80 years <laughs> to talk some yeah. shit to Chicago fans. 
So it would have been game four of the World Series is where the the uh, Billy Goat the incident Billy Goat happened. happened. Yeah. <laughs> when we won four to one. What a great story that is. Oh, the curse of the Billy Goat? Oh my gosh, because like It's fantastic. There was it's like way better than the curse of the Bambino as far as stories go. Yeah, I think so because like it's so um it's so ridiculous. <laughs> but but there's so many connections too to this like uh I had to find the story I got from the the website, but it was like uh Well I wanted to ask, I mean Ryan, Paul, do you know this? I've curse? I've, I've I've heard of it. I couldn't tell you the origin. Do you want me, okay. to, do you want me to read you so, the story? Game four of 1945 World Series at Wrigley Field. Tavern owner William Billy Goat Cianis yep. was stopped at the gate with his goat Murphy in tow. That's what the connection was, is. That name Murphy, the name of the goat, right? So mm-hmm. so the name of the goat was Murphy, right? Um, and so, like, in 1986, the the Cubs were like three outs away at Jack Murphy Stadium and lost. Um, and there is another thing too. What I call it reach. Um, it's not. I mean, sure, but any coincidence and conspiracy is going to be filled with reaches. Just uh, go ahead, keep going, Matt. Okay, tell them about well, so it. So according to this, it's not the fact that it was a goat because the man had a ticket for the goat. Yeah. It was the fact that the goat stunk yep. so it's bad that they didn't want to let the animal into the stadium. So Sianis looked at him and said, you are going to lose this World Series, and you are never going Good. to win another World Series Good. again. And stomped off with his goat. <laughs> and for a hundred years, <laughs> basically, Cubs have, didn't win shit until very recently. Which is not nearly as much fun as being able to Generally continue to say they still haven't won one isn't, is it, not to discriminate. I like being able to if, say they still the haven't won one as ticket, someone, the goat gets in the game. As someone who owns a zoo, I really do like to side with the animal. But, you can't be smelling up a ballpark, man. Like, I would People not be mad if they turned the away. Park. You're out, it's outdoors. Okay. I, so here's the thing. Outdoors. It's not like you're so this is, So this is the thing. Nasty-ass sweat. smoking in the ballpark. Here, here's the connection. The you ready? Okay. Y'all know what Murphy's Law is, right? Anything yeah. that can go yeah. wrong. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong, right? Okay, so yep. 2015, Cubs field a team of exciting young players, capture the wild card. They have a single game against the Pirates. They win. They beat the Cardinals. So then now they only stand – the only thing that stands between them is the Mets, okay, for their first World Series appearance since 1945. In that series, Daniel Murphy hit a home run in all four games of the series, and the Cubs were eliminated, okay? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so here you go. This wasn't the only time that this Murphy thing came back to curse them. The last owner of the Cubs in 1908, when they won their World Series, his name, Charles Murphy. Uh, the Goat's name was Murphy. In 1969, Mets general manager who beat the Cubs to go to the World Series, the Amazing Mets, their general manager's name was Johnny Murphy, and their announcer's name was Bob Murphy. 
the site of the 1984 NLCS against the Padres, who the Padres then went on to lose, obviously, to the Detroit Tigers in five games, was Jack Murphy Stadium. And the MVP of NL- the NLCS in 2015 was Daniel Murphy, who finished the series hitting 529 with four home runs. So tell me that there isn't some kind of connection to that name. And they are never drafting a player named Murphy. I don't care if this fool is number one by a long shot as a five-tool player and has all the goods. The Cubs ain't taking them. And I had a dog named Murphy that ran away when I was a little kid. And and don't forget how difficult it was for them to win in 2016, 108 years later. Rajay Davis hits the home run off of a Roldis Chapman. There's a rain delay that what paused the going into the, the final odds? inning. And ran Chris, away kind of rhyme. But here's but here's the other thing that like people don't forget. If you watch that final out, when Chris Bryant goes to plant his foot to throw, he slips. He slips just like he, Murphy he slipped almo- out of my life. Like almost almost cost like could have caused a very errant throw, which there was a guy on second base, I believe, at the time, which would have scored and tied the game and caused more. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. It really is wild. And there's a bakery in Port Austin, Michigan, called Murphy's that has crazy good bread. It all connects. There you go. There's <laughs> another did, connection. I I'm bet the curious when. I'm curious when you go to Port Austin. I mean, I spent my summers out there, but when did you go to Port Austin? Every year is our family vacation. Except this year, because uh, the, the virus kicked us out. <laughs> There's a thing called COVID. My in-laws cabin, in-laws cabin is literally ten minutes from Port Austin. No, I've been there every right. yeah, every 15, year, 15 every minutes. single year of my life, 15, except this year. Fifteen, fifteen minutes. R.I.P. So what's next, Matt? Well, so I was glad we were having all these discussions about World Series and history, World Series, especially ours. No, you weren't defeating the Cubs. I'm always down for us talking about us. Beating Chicago. Uh, so that leads us right into one or the other. And it's a real simple question. Would you rather win the World Series or would you rather win the Super Bowl? Oh, it's so easy. I'd rather win the Super Bowl. It's not if, what kind of question is me? this? I don't even know. If, if AJ's being honest, he's not. Okay, that's fine. We'll move on. I'm being uh, 100% honest. I'm, I'm the le- World I'm Series, you have going, to win at least four I'm games. Gonna cry the Super Bowl, the you can get lucky like the Giants did one oh, time. Oh, my God. I will be in tears the, when the Lions win Super Bowl. I'm, I'm with AJ. I'd rather what? win a World Series. First of all, I get to play more games. Yep. And I'm oh always down for playing Lord. more games. What is happening? You're a lion. And it's a, and it's a better proof of who's better. Best out of seven versus oh a one-time shot. Oh, my God. No. What are we listening to? Oh, yeah, so you're going to tell Mike Tyson he's not the world champ because he knocked one guy out. No. I'm just saying it didn't take much. No, I'm, no, I'm going to tell, I'm gonna tell Buster games. Douglas he ain't the world champ just because his ass got lucky one time against well, Mike Tyson. World this is wild. Caught Mike Tyson in a rape case. <laughs> Don't be raping. So what that's all I'm saying. Like 162 games, playoff series, three of them, two of them before the World Series. It's just it's a grind, man. It's a culmination of the grind. You play what, 18 games in the NFL and you're crowned a champion? Oh, I'm 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 sorry. NFL takes a toll on your body, and you can't play two games in two nights. <laughs> I, I'm being two games, facetious. They can't play two games in five nights. I'm being facetious about that, but I would actually rather win a World Series. No, I'm not. Fuck that. Hockey players play three games a week. NFL can play two. Well, so, sometimes they Don't do. They shit. play on Sunday play and Thursday. Well, that depends no, on when you No, because then they got to play again to the following Sunday or Monday. 
Yeah, and usually well, that usually Thursday get the game is the bye not, week next. Not much. Yeah, yeah it leads right into the bye week. The they get two weeks off. Or, I'm sorry, the Super Bowl. See? Oh, no, we got it on <laughs> tape. Nope. Nope. Edit, edit. You cut it right there, there Ryan. Series. Thank so you, Ryan. Once wow. you the World Series. Paul, you all alone, man. Paul's well, I will be alone on the side of Oh, how you going to do that? Well, I'll do it by never watching it happen, but... Uh no, give me a Super Bowl day. I think this is crazy talk, especially as a Lions fan. I don't know where you guys are getting off right now. What what we have gone through, what we have endured. What never sniffing the Super Bowl well, except for one time. Never sniffing respectability. Do you want me to tell you where I sit as a fan of both teams? <laughs> I, I know, I know where you sit, but man, the, would, the Tigers have been up. there. The Tigers have wasted their opportunities. And it's guess fine. what? Guess what? I would give up. A hundred years of the Lions like, never winning the Super Bowl still then you're not giving up for anything. the Tigers to win the World Series. Dog, you're a trip. <laughs> yeah, it's happening anyway. You ain't got to give up shit. That's just guaranteed. The Lions got to go through a whole other rebuild <laughs> just so they can hope to be in the Super Bowl. Mark Cuban, come on down, please. Is this like uh, Ryan with his Acorn sponsorship? If you say it enough, Matt, it'll happen. I'm... I, fucking hoping, I, AJ. Bro, I'm, I'm going to have $90,000 Ryan, Ryan in acorns ig- before the Lions win the Super Bowl. Ryan, Ryan ignored me three years ago. Maybe No, it was like, probably like five years ago. When it, literally when acorns came out. And I was like, hey, this yeah, is you, a really good idea. We should link, do this. Uh, bull, well, actually, I can't pl- I can't pull the Slack ar- archives because they're dead. It doesn't hold the old stuff. Trying to I wonder scam if it's us. on Facebook. It was before Plug Facebook. Your wall sides pretty sure. Shit. All right, for Hanson's. Mm. We we got a we got a question that's right up Paul's alley. Paul, this is right up your alley. Would you rather be Frank Gore or Bo Jackson? Hence, would you rather have a long, average playing career or have a short, fantastic career cut short by injury? You you could not, you could not have used better possible. I know. It's like it's so perfect because you know how I feel about Bo Jackson. I know exactly how you feel. You know I how I feel Frank about Gore. Frank Gore. Dude, no, it's Bo Jackson a million years. Yeah. I don't want to be sl- almost I'd maybe so a little above Frank average. Gore. Frank, a Frank little Gore above average. Actually, nah, stop, stop, stop. No, Give me Frank stop. Gore all day in his money over Bo Jackson. Goddamn right. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, wait. God hang on. Right. Hang on. Let's let's hang on. Hang on. Wait. We should we should make this. Patrick Mahomes like in one contract. Patrick Mahomes in one contract He's is going to discussion. make more money than a Trubisky ever will in their entire Ooh. career. And I'd rather be Patrick Ooh. Mahomes than Mitch Trubisky, so it checks out. That Trubisky's not the one. I'm trying to but think of a good Mahomes, average 80s running back. Bo Jackson is also not Patrick Mahomes. He was that level of talent. But he never and made he it. he hurt himself. What a dummy. Because he got he hurt. Frank Gore. No, yeah. Frank Gore Bo Jackson all day. Give me Frank Gore. Give all me day Bo long. Jackson all day. Not to mention I get to retire earlier. Like, come on, man. Why do I want earlier. to grind out? Why do I want to grind out in obscurity for so long? What is Money, this? Money, man. Cha-ching, cha-ching, I bet you could catch Bo Jackson oh working God. at Chick Fil A. <laughs> You know what? You know what's. You know what's better. You know what's better than getting hit behind a garbage O line at forty years old, sitting on TV and getting millions of dollars to talk but about Bo the Jackson game. Bo Jackson does not do that. What's he? Who's he doing? Bo Jackson does yeah. not. But not. any right. NBA, but any again, NFL player with a decent vocabulary can do it. Right, but that's not the question. 
<laughs> the question is Bo Jackson or No, that's Frank not Wolf. what he said. He used them as examples. It didn't sound like examples. No. He just gave me it two It sounded like those were the He very two clearly used them as examples, eh, which doesn't bad. change. He just, he no, just no, said, no. would you but, rather hang be? Hang on. No, there... yeah. no, that was my examples for Paul. The question is, would you rather have a long average playing career or a short, fantastic career cut short by injury? Injury you brought well, now that yourself. changes the question completely. It does not. It's, he was well, this so is why clear. I'm trying. I wanted well, to find I'm now someone. agreeing with you. Wonderful. You don't get to join the bandwagon now. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, th- it I think does the first question was a little better. bit. Would you rather be Frank James? Yeah. Frank Gorbo <laughs> James. Don't let them bully you, Matt. You asked a wonderful question, and they're they're dumb. You not you 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 did ask a wonderful question because you didn't talk about long average playing career being a fantastic player. Oh no, player. I, I did. You guys were ju- I did. You guys were just I talking listened to you. I listened to you, Matt. I heard your beautiful words. Well, I didn't listen to shit. He just said Bo Jackson. <laughs> All right, next one, Matt. Let's keep the train rolling. <laughs> All right. We still have a train uh, so we, going down the so tracks. We we do. We're, we we've jumped from the playing career to uh, holding the clipboard. So, would you rather be known as a coach who's a great recruiter or a great strategist? Oh my God! Give me the strategist all day. Yeah, Are you serious? Listen, and yeah. I don't care if I never win anything. So this honestly, this is like the difference of like having a career like John Beeline or having a career like um, Calipari. Not even Cal, because Cal is Cal is actually a decent coach. Um, oh, Louisville. Jim Jesus Harbaugh. Christ. Rick Pitino. Pitino. Rick Pitino. Pitino. Like I, I don't. I'll be beeline a thousand times out of a thousand. Like there's no way. I respect me for my mind, not because I could swindle and cheat and get the best players to play for me and not have to lift a finger to win. Like you had the best I, players at Louisville. Too. It's Painting. it's unbelievable. I I want to I want to be the guy who does more with less. Not the guy with just absurd expectations that you fail to reach even close to most years and occasionally win a title because your team is that good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with Paul. Yeah, I'd rather be a strategist. Like, look how far has gotten Brad Stevens. No, I'm I'm with you. Great strategist. All right. Last question of the night. Hold on. Are we done? Not I'm not sure if Ryan was more? being facetious. I'm not. Brad Stevens got a head coaching job in the NBA because people are like, oh, he's such a good right. strategist. All right, I'm making, yeah. I was just making sure because that could have been a knock on him not ever winning anything. Well, it it is because you didn't give him the shit because he won it. You were just like, that dude's smart, so we're going to give him all the money in the world. All righty. I'm just double checking. Because there are people that hate on Brad Stevens and say he's overrated and he's never won anything. Well, I'm maybe, not maybe you should start winning stuff. And Maybe if you were a little bit better recruiter, you could get better than Kemba Walker to come to your team. Hey, can I ask a question that's off topic real quick? Yeah. This is the same basketball season that John Beeline only lasted like 20 games, right? Yeah, no, that was this year. I'm actually not entirely (laughs) sure. (laughs) That was this year. Oh my gosh. That was this year. So, what do you think he's going to do next? He's going to come back for this run. on his pile of money that the NBA guaranteed him. Right. Well, yeah, no, he's. Okay. I think he's I still would. part of the Cavs, like front office, quote unquote. Oh my god. He has a posi- he has a, a position with them. He should have never left U of M. He wanted the money. I don't I think. That. I see. Yeah. I disagree with that. So, how yeah, could I mean, he live can, with you himself? Can be wrong. You can be wrong. 
Well, no. So how how is he gonna live with himself if he if never he takes he it and always wonders what would have yeah, happened yeah, in the NBA? Yeah. He then, got there and realized, holy shit, the, I was. This is not the job to take. I I am glad that I didn't do that, but man, like he pushed it off long enough. It was time, and I mean, he did. I respect the hell out of everything that he did, and he left Michigan at a high, a recently off another title run, and. You left us in a good position. You didn't stay long enough Juwan to destroy what you then. built. Right. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> hey, they, they were a top 10 Big Ten team this year. You I can't hate not. you all. I hate you guys. 10 out of 14, okay. baby. Go ahead, Matt. Last question of the night. I'm going to give you guys two names. You let me know if you've heard of either one of these men. Tom Flores and Marv yes. Levy. Both sound exceptionally vaguely familiar. And like announcers. Aren't they football coaches? Ryan, you said you said yes. Wait, did you, you know coach the Bills when they went who, to the four Super Bowls? Oh yeah. Yes, he did. Now, do you know who Tom Flores is? Any relation to Brian Flores? Not that I know. Uh, did he, did he coach the Cowboys. That 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 AJ, you don't know either. No idea. But you knew who Mar- Marv Levy was, right? I knew the name. I was thinking of Steve Levy. <laughs> okay, so this goes along with my question of: Would you rather retire as a forgotten coach? with a winning record, or a famous coach known to lose championships. Marv Levy went to four straight Super Bowls with the Buffalo Bills. Lost all four of them. Jim Kelly, Tom right? Flores won two Super Bowls as the head coach of the Oakland Raiders in Super Bowl 15 and Super Bowl 18. He has a 527 win percentage, so he won more than he lost. But he's a multi-time Super Bowl champion, and y'all don't know who he is. So... Would you rather be Tom Flores, or would you rather be Marv Levy? Oh, Tom yeah, Flores. Flores, baby. Even if you don't know who I am, I got the Super Bowl rings. Even though I I'd rather win the World this. Series and the Super Bowl, I'd rather be Tom Flores and have actually won the Super Bowl. I mean, you can't take a ring away. Not to mention yeah. the amount of depression getting there four times in a row and not getting it done once. With Jim Kelly as your quarterback. Well, it's not like they played scrubs. Do, do you remember the quarterbacks they were facing? Uh, one, uh, I would assume was they, Montana, they worked at grocery stores, if I remember correctly. No, they never faced the Garden. Niners. No, it wasn't that old. It wasn't that long ago. You stopped they it. Lost to the, they, lo- <laughs> they lost to the Giants, the first Super Bowl. That was the, the field goal that went wide. Was that I Phil Sims at quarterback? That's, that's Sims because the kicker had grocery. gotten off his job at the post office and he was tired. Uh, yeah. So he missed I mean, the kick. Phil Sims was basically a grocer. So... 91, the year the Lions went to the NFC Championship game and got our ass handed to us by the Washington Redskins. So Mark Rippon and co. went in there and took care of the Buffalo Mark Bills. Mark Rippon, another, another good yeah, game, the, but not as good as the first broker. game. And then it was back-to-back Cowboys. The Cowboys won it in back-to-back years? They won three out of four years oh, in the 90s. 93, 94, and then 96? 96. It, yeah. it was, it was beat their the Steelers. Heyday. Yeah, and let me tell you that everybody everybody in Dallas still thinks that 1996 was last year. Oh, I know. Oh, so annoying. <laughs> oh, I wanted to clarify something we brought up earlier on the cast. So, this last season, Prater knocked his 53rd field goal of over and 50 yards to pass Jason yeah. Hansen for second all-time in, in like the NFL. Yeah, but that attempts. number is skewed because he also spent the first couple of years of his career in It's not Denver. skewed. He That's not true. Five behind, five behind Seabass. So, 
who he has a good chance to pass before it's all said and done. How many of those 50 um, yarders came when he was in uh, What I said was when Jason Hansen retired, he was the NFL all-time leader in 50 yards. I field. don't that's know if that's said, accurate though. either. I also don't know how much Seab- how many Seabass had when Jason Hansen retired. So I'm not – because Seabass didn't play that much past Hansen. I don't think. But he started long after Hansen. Yeah, and kick more than him, despite playing less years, because he could actually kick long field goals. Okay. That is not the point. Jesus. It matters. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, Ryan? It has Ryan, no bearing on the fact that what I, of what I said. When Jason Hansen retired, he was the NFL all-time leader in 50-yard well, field goals. That's, that's, that that's a fact without context, and facts without context are no. worse than useless. It's just a fact. No, but it's a useless. It's worse than useless fact. Actually, it's not a useless it's fact. It's a misleading you can look fact. Up the years it is a misleading fact. If you are talking about then, kickers and you tell not... someone this is the all-time leader in fifty-yard or longer field goals in the NFL, you would presume you look at all without of context. That kicked in that same without era context, Hansen, you would presume that's impressive. You would presume that they were a very good long kicker of field goals, but he was not. It is a misleading no, fact. You would just presume that he's a good field goal kicker, which he was. You're terrible. You're garbage. As long as you were in the red zone, he was great. Damn right. <laughs> he did miss from under 40. That's true. Like, ever. I honestly think he could have made Which is good, because the kicks. Lions are always good for in between the 20s. I, I honestly think he could have made those kicks with a blindfold on. That's how good automatic hands it was. <laughs> Ryan, do the thing. Hey. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you do that, can I read you a quote from Ozzie Guillen real quick? Oh, dear God. The shortstop from the White Sox, who then became the White Sox manager. Don't, this don't is gold. Don't take that tone with AJ. Is this, <laughs> this has anything to do with what we were just talking about. It doesn't matter. I, I, it doesn't. But I think you'll appreciate it. If we can't, if we can't make carnage, what are we doing? Oz, Ozzy no, Guillen. Ozzy Guillen. So you know it's going to be good. Ozzy Guillen on his post-game routine. I go to the hotel bar, get drunk, sleep. I don't do anything else. I get drunk because I'm happy we win, or I get drunk because I'm very sad and disturbed because we lose. <laughs> same routine. It never changes. It's been the same routine for 25, 28 years. <laughs> Can we get this man back in baseball, please? I would. I My second favorite quote by him is when he told everybody how much better of a kicker Matt Prater was than Jason Hansen. I just, I just want him and Bobby Valentine just mic them up yeah. all the time. Every game, every game they manage, mic them up. Because you've got gold waiting to happen. Yep. You just don't know what Why don't we just put them in a broadcast? That's, that's why the NBA should oh, not go. No, that's different. Their, uh, that's different. They, they can get fired real quick in a broadcast. Very mode. quickly. <laughs> not if we accept standards of great broadcasting. You know, I think you have to be on Showtime or HBO. Like, listen, hey, it, when Garden Hire's 10 years up, Ozzy would not be a bad guy to take the helm. <laughs> Ozzy might be board, dead by then. Just for the entertainment value. All right. We were signing off. All right, Ryan, now do the thing. <laughs> so make sure you guys follow us on all the social media platforms you can find us on. You can find our podcast on both Podbean and iTunes. Like, rate, subscribe, review, whatever you have to do. Just make sure you give us five stars like we're Imani Bates because that's where he's headed and we're based in Michigan as well. And then make sure you're following us on Facebook at Sports Carnage Podcast. (laughs) And then on Twitter at Sports Carnage as well. And we will talk to you next week. Happy 4th of July. For, yes, thank you. Forgot about that. Yeah, that's this weekend, isn't it? Happy Independence Day, all. For Ryan, for Paul, for AJ, I'm Matt. We're Sports Carnage. Thanks for spending a couple hours with us this week. We'll be back with you all next week.